Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. The second man, which is the last man, was Jesus, it says, if I can say it right. And one was of the flesh, another one was of the spirit. But I believe what Eve longed for was exactly the same longing that you and I naturally have in our lives. And that is that I could somehow give something to God so that he would be happy with me. Why do I always have to depend that he gives me something then I give it back? Can I not produce something that he could smile on my life? Listen, my friend, that's your biggest struggle. I do not know of a bigger struggle in life than wanting to please God from the own things I produce. And I believe it came as a direct result of the original fall. That is most prevalent in a God-conscious person. Is I want to do something for God. I want to do something, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to do something for God. But it's the fountain where it comes from is where the issue lies. And so Eve, here she is. She's looking at that tree, and she's... Looking at that, and, and she had no intention to eat, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe No, she didn't, because she had to be convinced. And so the serpent spoke, and said, did God say you cannot eat of this tree? He said, yeah, God did. He said, well, he knows that you're going to be like God's so no good and evil. You see... If we know good and evil, if I would just know good and evil, I could offer something to him. I could make a decision to do good. Is this right or is this wrong? If I could just do that up until that time, I don't think they had that because all they had was good. But if I could make the choice on my own, what I think is good and what I think is bad, I could offer something to him and I would be like, God. And so I believe the original thought that Eve had when she stood at that tree was the wonderings perhaps that the enemy saw as she wandered around the garden eating from tree to tree. And then she was hungry all at once. And as all at once she was wondering, just oh, this pleasantness of having fellowship with God. This is so awesome. And it was obvious that the voice of God was right with her. The voice of God was right in her because after she sinned, it says the voice came walking before it was not walking because the voice was in her. There was sweet fellowship. There was sweet truth. There was eternal life written all over her. She had that. It was bliss. It was awesome. There was no scar of sin. There was nothing even repentant in her. There was nothing even of any scars of any past sin or anything that somebody ever wounded or hurt or even spoke bad words about her. Nothing, nothing. She was completely clear. She was so clean. And isn't it in the nature what you think of man to, to say, God, this is so awesome. Can I give you something back? And she was doing it under the power of God. But God put it in her and she gave it back. And it's acceptable to God. But she wanted something more. God, can I never come to a place where I can please you one day? How many of you said that? Part of the original fall. God, can I never come to a place where I can tell you I've, I've sinned here and I will tell you, God, I will never do it again. See, you're making the decision of good and evil because you have the knowledge of it. God, I will never do this again. Have you? Is that where it stopped? 
You're still doing it. You did it again. You did it again. You did it again. Until the strength and the power of God sets you free from it. It is within the confines of human nature, in human ability, in the fallen nature of man, lies this absolute truth. And it's not Bible truth necessarily, but it's fact. And that is that we want to do something for a higher being that we respect and honor. It started in the garden. She was doing it, and God fully accepted it. But Eve just, but God, you're always dumping water on my head, then I give you a cup back. Then you're watering a head on my life, then I give you a cup back. Then you're, and then I give back. Is there any way that I could start doing, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to have your strength making me do this. I want to do something to make you pleased just by what I can do. And the wife bakes the special cake for the husband that comes home and makes the special food for the husband that comes home. And the, and the husband does that special little something for the wife so that, oh, thank you, that was thoughtful. Who did it? I did it. Because I thought of you. Because I love you. That's why I did it. And in that nature, you will always also have that. God, can I do something special for you? Can I somehow bless you, God? If nothing else, I want to prove to you that I love you. If nothing else, I want to prove to you, God, that I'm your child and I will do everything for you. I believe that's part of the fall of what attracted Eve to that tree. If I could get a hold of something that would please God. Something. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last man, Adam, a quickening spirit. Verse 46, howbeit that which was first, which is spiritual, but that which is not spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Caesarea. A great city over in Israel, on the west coast, out in the Mediterranean Sea, was actually given as a kind of a waste city into the hands of Herod. And Herod went and turned this thing over and made it a beautiful city. And it is a fantastic city if you walk in it. It's amazing the work that went into this. There's stuff I could talk about, and I will not because of time. And it's just simply some facts of the phenomenal place that was built already several thousand years ago with technology that was completely missing to what we have today, taking stones and concrete, which there was no concrete, but forming something that was like concrete that is still standing to this day several thousand years later in water 200 feet and deeper. A tremendous work of man. And Herod did this to give it back to Caesar to impress him. This is what I can do. This is what I did. I did this for you, Caesar. You're a wonderful person, and I want you to just get this as a gift. And he showed his strength in that.
You see, I do not believe that Adam and Eve at this point had any violation of sin before they ate. So there was this thing in them that they, they definitely wanted to please God. I just truly believe that. They wanted to tr please God, but they want to do it on something where they don't have to depend on Him. How many of you have ever come to a place of being tired of depending on God? You know you have. You go through temptations and you make a failure in your life and you say to God, God, I'm going to show you that I can get above this and not do it again. Rather than coming to Him in what true worship is. Falling flat on your face and saying, God, without you, I can do nothing. I have come to an absolute place in my life, in my personal life, and I have come here. I have, God has brought me here to a place that I am absolutely convinced that I can do nothing outside the strength of God. I know that. I have come to that place. This is why before we come and, and have a message, this is why before we preach on the radio or wherever it is, whatever is being, do, being done in the name of God, why we fall and are laying on our faces and weeping before God for hours sometimes and at night time sometimes and not having a message, having nothing to give because it's a choice we make in being completely dependent on Him. You walk a life of faith. It's the only thing you'll walk by. It's one thing to say, God, you help me now. And then we pick up our feet and continue. There's another thing to say, God, I'm not, it's not possible for me to do this. I cannot. And the other thing, the last thing that I want to do. In fact, I hear, I say this to, to the Lord all the time. Lord, because I consider preaching very hard work and the preparation of preaching extremely hard work. And I don't want to waste one minute or one second in studying the Word and preaching the Word if you will not get glory from it by way of demonstration of His Spirit. I don't want to hear the words. That's a good message. It wasn't me. It didn't come from me. I don't even have the inspiration for it. It's part of laying before Him and resigning our feet with the wings that could fly normally. And now they don't fly. They're covered. God, I can't go. God, I have nothing. I have nothing to give. I can't even live the Christian life by myself. It's alone in the cross. This is why I understand where Paul said, I have nothing to delight in. I have nothing that I can glory in. Save one thing. The cross. You know why? Because it works. It's my only hope. It's my only place. I go on that cross. I lay on the cross. And I say, God, I die here. And the resurrection is up to you. It's not me. Oh, many do not understand the cross. They do not understand the cross. Many of them think it's just some little thing of testifying to a neighbor. Or some other little piece of maybe cloth or a pair of shoes to wear or not to wear. It's not that. The cross is much deeper than that because it is life-changing every time. It is every time. It is life-changing. You raise from the dead when you truly die. You don't walk around with a sad face. The cross doesn't offer that. The cross offers resurrection power and tremendous demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's what the cross does. 
And until we learn the cross and we need and, and, and we understand the power of the cross in full surrender, in full submission, and covering the feet and covering the face and saying, God, I can, I cannot go on. I cannot fulfill this task. It is too big. Even the smallest thing at times comes to brings us to a place where we totally rely on God. And it's only his strength, even in our work, everything. Everything. Only then can the power of God come and you can use the other two wings. Some of you are experiencing that. You know what I'm talking about. All at once, God's doing things that you're not even touching. All at once, God is blessing you. All at once, God is answering prayers you never prayed for. Why? He's working. He's doing it. This is where Eve was, but she wanted to walk. Because now the carnal man's nature is that somehow, remember this, my friend. I really hope you can remember this. I really hope that even more than memory, that it would go into your heart that you could see. All the times that you have spoken to God and said, God, please, please, God, help me not to do this again because I'm ashamed of myself. We consider that as being a horrible thing, but rather than that, there is a greater violation and God, we're shaming you because we walk in our own ability and in that we fail. That is proven to be an ultimate failure. We walk. In the surrender of Christ. And in that surrender is where he picks us up. And that's where we go and we soar like the eagle. What is true worship? Some say it's the lifting of hands as we sing. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.